time it is. It is time to rise and grind. So go ahead, grab your cup of coffee, grab your device, and let's get into this word. Good morning, brothers. It is so good to be with you again on this morning. Thank you for joining me today for Morning Meditation for Men. I am your host, Pastor S. Jeffrey Munts, and I thank you for your time, and I thank you for these few moments that we have to spend together on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I hope that you're enjoying our time together. I certainly am. Uh, We are going to get right into it. This is part two of the blessing in obedience, part two of the blessing in obedience. So go ahead, pull up that device, pull out that device and pull up your Bible app, and let's go to 1 Samuel chapter number 15. 1 Samuel chapter number 15, and I'm going to start today at verse number 10. All right, so let's get into this. Then the Lord spoke to Samuel, I regret that I made Saul king. He turned away from me and did not carry out my instructions. Samuel was angry and he prayed to the Lord all night. Early in the morning, he got up to meet Saul. Samuel was told Saul went to Caramel to set up a monument in his honor. Then he left there and went to Gilgal. Samuel came to Saul, who, uh, who said, The Lord bless you. I carried out the Lord's instructions. However, Samuel asked, But what is the sound of the sheep I hear in my ear and the sound of cows that I hear? Saul answered, The army bought them from, from the Amalekites. They spared the best sheep and the best cows to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But the rest they claimed for God and destroyed. Be quiet, Samuel told Saul, and let me tell you what the Lord said last night. Speak, Saul replied. Samuel said, Even though you don't consider yourself great, you were the head of Israel's tribes. The Lord anointed you the king of Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission. He said, claim those sinners, the Amalekites, for me by destroying them. Wage war against them until they are wiped out. Why didn't you obey the Lord? Why have you taken the belongings and done what the Lord considers evil? But I did obey the Lord, Saul says to Samuel. I went there when the Lord sent me brought back King Agag of uh, Amalek and claimed the Amalekites for God. The army took some of their belongings. The best sheep and the best cows were claimed for God in order to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Then Samuel said, Is the Lord as delighted with burnt offerings and sacrifices as he would be with your obedience? To follow instructions is better than to sacrifice. To obey is better than the sacrificing of fat, of of the fat of rams. The sin of black magic is rebellion. Wickedness and idolatry are arrogance. Because you rejected the Lord's word, he rejects you as king. All right, y'all, there's a whole lot to unpack here. Okay. So, uh, we got these two S's, and every time I read this, I'm not even going to lie. It, I just, I, I get, personally, I get confused. Samuel and Saul, Samuel and Saul. Okay, so Saul is the prophet. 
Samuel is the king. No, see, I said that wrong. Okay. All right, so we got a lot to unpack here. So just give me a few minutes and we'll get this stuff unpacked and so we can get a clear understanding of what's going on here. Samuel is the prophet. He is the one who's hearing from God and he's giving out instructions to Saul, who is the king or the one who was anointed king over Israel, the one who's doing the work, okay? Um, and so we see here in this is that Samuel uh, is talking to God after he sends Saul out to do the work. He sends Saul out to destroy the enemy. And he then is sitting with God and talking with God. And this is the, I'll be honest with you, this is the one passage of scripture that um, took me a minute to really get a, a better understanding. And it says, and it repented me that I have set up Saul to be a king, right? That's the King James version of verse number 11. And it repented me that I have set up Saul to be a king. And from the God's word translation, it says, and the Lord spoke to Samuel, I regret that I made Saul a king. We have to be careful in this understanding is that it would make it look like God changed his mind about certain things. And if you read further down in this particular chapter, it's very clear that God does not change his mind about anything. He is not a God that changes his mind about things. Okay, so after some study and some digging and some research, what I believe happened here is that what we're reading on the page in the, our English Bibles in a way that it makes the most sense to us is what the prophet Samuel understood as he communed with God. That the whole thing, <laughs> this is it, the whole thing, it was going to happen already. God knew. See, what you have to understand about God is that he already knows. He, he is omnipresent and he is omniscient. So he is everywhere at the same time and omniscient means he knows everything. He knows the beginning, he knows the end, he knows everything. So when you believe that about God, how could a God who knows everything regret that he did something? It was done for a purpose and a reason. And so what you have to understand also is that God never wanted kings over Israel. He never wanted Israel to have a king. He always wanted to be their king and for them to worship him and him alone. For them to set him high and him alone. But because God made man with free will, he honored the free will of the man. But there again, you got to understand, it was all part of the plan because, <laughs> because God knew that he would have to send Jesus 
for the remission of, of our sin. It was all part of the plan. When you go back and you start reading the scriptures and you start pulling out this Old Testament and digging through this Old Testament, you will see it is all part of the plan. Jesus was all part of the plan. Every, everything, everything is intertwined. Because if Saul hadn't acted the way he acted, then David would not have become king. And Jesus' lineage would not have come through a kingly lineage. But I'm not going to go there because that is so deep, 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 deep. Okay, but I'm just I want to set that up because that, that was one of those things that, you know, it regret. I regret that I made Saul king. All right. But but let's get to where, where we're going today. The blessing in obedience. Right. So you read it. We're reading. We read this story and we see that um, Saul didn't do what he was supposed to do. Saul went down to Amalek. He took the king Agag alive he allowed the men to take the best sheep and the best cows for themselves he allowed them right and um so god says no you're not you can you know you can do what you need to do for a second but you're not going to be king you're not going to be the anointed king over israel because you 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 were not obedient so where's the blessing in obedience? Number one, the blessing in obedience is you're going to get what God promised you if you stay in a place of obedience. Now, at the outset of this message, and I'm really meant to say this last week or Tuesday when I started this, at the outset of this, I'm just going to be straightforward and honest. This was a hard thing for me to talk about. Why? Because I... Let's just, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be straightforward. I would rather do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it, no matter what. That, that's just, I'm, I'm being honest about, you know, the, the, my psyche and who I am and, and my personal struggles. I'd rather just do what I want to do. See, obedience takes, catch this, obedience takes trust that God is going to do everything that he said he's going to do for your life. And I trust God, but there are days when I do have doubts. Now, anybody who tells you differently, they're lying. Any, I, I don't care. I don't care. I'm just going to say it the way it is. Any preacher who gets up and tells you, I trust the Lord all the time. That's a lie. That's just a straight up lie. We all go through. We all go through different things in our life. We all question, we all sit back and question, what in the world do you have me doing? Let's just be for real. The pandemic in the United States and around this world had a whole bunch of us, not even when we're talking about preachers, but people. What is going on? How did we end up here? What are you trying to say? Now, we go back and we can study the scriptures and the scriptures will let us know that these things are the beginning of the ends of time. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole eschatology thing. Um, you know, I, that's not that's not my bag. 
you know, I'll tell you this. The Bible says this, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and you shall be saved. Brothers, sisters, if you're listening, if you give your life to Jesus Christ today, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen in the end. You're going to live with God. Don't let nobody knock on your door and make you feel like, oh, you're going to stay in heaven. There's only a certain amount of people that's going. I mean, you're going to stay on the earth. There's only a certain amount of people that's going to heaven. Let me tell you something. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus, you shall be saved. When you are saved, you are now part of the family of God and you will be able to go and live with God when you die. That's it. I'm telling you now I'm listen and see this is it this is the thing that people ask when I was younger well how do you know I just know I'm convinced within my being that this is it when I die I'm going to live with God now you may not be at that point yet you may be like well you know I need to listen to <laughs> I need to listen to a couple more of these uh, podcasts to get this thing down however it is the reality is when you know you just know that you know that you know nobody can tell me anything different you can't you can't convince me of anything different when it comes to salvation we can have discussions on all kinds of things we can have discussions on uh racism we can have discussions on classism we can have discussions on homosexuality and all of these different types of things issues and finances and uh, uh socioeconomic woes of the world we can have all those discussions and you can you can my mind can be changed on a lot of those things because of intelligent discussions but you cannot convince me that Jesus is not lord and that because I have accepted him into my life, that he is my king. And that because he is my king, when I die, I go to live with him. You can't change my mind on that. You can't. Okay, so that was kind of a rant. I hope that didn't take up too much of my time. It wasn't a rant. But, but, but I'm trying to tell y'all, when you get to this point, when you get convinced of who you are in Jesus Christ, nothing can change that. Nothing can change that. That sound like one of them songs the kids sing. Nothing can stop me. I'm the only way. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. So where are we? Um, so, so, so the prophet Samuel says to the king, Saul, you, you screwed up. In a nutshell, you screwed up. You should have done exactly what I told you to do. So the blessing and the obedience is that you are going to receive what God gave you. That's the first thing. You're going to receive what God gave you. You're not going to have to live, catch this, in exile. All right. So I hear you. I hear you say, well, what do you mean, pastor, in exile? Well, here it is. Saul had to live in his guilt all the days of his life. And if you if you continue in the scriptures and you read, Saul was a person who was plagued with depression. Right? Y'all, y'all, I don't know. Maybe you have not, but there's a story in the scripture about David, and then uh, Goliath, and before that story, how David shows up 
is that, you know, Saul was depressed and he says, I need somebody to get me out of this depression. Y'all find somebody to play me some merry music. David played the harp. He showed up. He played and Saul came out and they became, you know, acquainted. But he lived in a place of depression his whole life because of a, a period of disobedience. Now, in the church, we would say this, turn to your neighbor and say, but turn to yourself and say, thank God for grace. Thank God for grace. If it wasn't for grace, each of us who are listening to this and me who is speaking this would be in a constant state of depression because I've been disobedient. <laughs> I, I don't know about you. I'm be honest. I've been disobedient. And I think I said at the outset, this is a hard, this was a hard thing because I don't, I, I hate to say it, I'm just going to say it the way it is. I'd rather be disobedient than obedient. I'd rather just do what I want to do. And so my struggle sometimes is, you know, it, I thank God for grace because I should be wiped out. I should be depressed. I should be jacked up. I should be living on an island of exile of my own doing because of my disobedience. But God, hallelujah, but God, he wouldn't allow it to be. He would not allow it to be. So when we reject this God's instruction, he, in, in a sense, he says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to let you go and do your own thing. And see, yeah, I, I hear the Holy Spirit here. I hear the Holy Spirit here. And it is when we go and do our own thing, that is when those other things like depression, like alcoholism, like uh, excessive drug use comes into our lives and takes residence in our lives. Now, they're, they're, they're different schools of thought. And this is why I like the podcast because um, you know I, I'm free to say what I want to say I'm free to say what I want to say because I really believe I'm hearing from God there are different schools of thought there are, some, there are some schools of thought who will tell you if you drink you're going to hell if you drink anything at all you're going to hell if you drink wine if you drink whiskey if you drink tequila if you drink socially you're going to hell then there's a school of thought that says that you can drink, but you don't need to be drunk, right? So you've got to understand that really it comes down to, and this is it, it comes down to obedience. Did God tell you to stop drinking? If God in your private personal time has said, stop drinking, and you say, well, I'm not drunk. You're still being disobedient. Now, you know, in the United States and across the world, marijuana is becoming legal all over the place. Right. There was a time when it was illegal. There was a time when cigarettes were illegal. Um, or the, the drugs and stuff that's in cigarettes. So. You know, now it's becoming legal. And so the question is, okay, 
do do I smoke weed or do I not smoke weed? Well, you know what? What did God say? Did God tell you you could smoke weed? And see, this comes down to that relationship part that you have to have with Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not something that I can go, listen to me and listen to me good. This is not something that I can go to my preacher and ask my preacher, can I smoke weed? This is something that I have to go to God and say, is it okay for me to smoke this substance? How would it affect our relationship? How would it affect my life? And then if God tells you do not smoke weed, don't smoke weed. If God tells you, you can smoke weed, then you can smoke weed. And here's the thing is what God tells me is not going to be the same thing he tells you. Yeah, that's deep. That's deep. So, so somebody's sitting here saying, well, the preacher is saying I can smoke weed. No, the preacher didn't say you could smoke weed. The preacher said you need to have such a relationship with God that any situation that comes up in your life, you need to go to God to find out what God wants you to do. And at that point, that's how you move. Obedience to God is better. And this is what I'm, I'm getting at. And we're about to be finished here. Obedience to God is better than any sacrifice you could ever give. So the guys, the soldiers and the king, Saul, said, we're going to bring this stuff back so we can show God what we did. And they, we're going to sacrifice this to God because he loves a sweet smelling incense in his nose. And then, and then Samuel comes and says, what are you doing? This is not what you were told to do. It is better for you to be obedient, to bring all this stuff back here and sacrifice it. God didn't ask you to sacrifice anything. He asked you to kill it all. And, and you know what? I, I'm, I'm hearing this. I'm hearing this. God did not want nastiness, sin, because to him, that the uh, Amalekites were sin. They represented sin. My God, my God, get this today, guys. You cannot bring your sin to the altar and think your sin on the altar and give that as a sacrifice to God. No, no, no. He's not going to accept it. See, and I know what well, they'd say in the church, I'm supposed to come to the altar and, and no, you confess your sin. Confess your sin. The altar is a time for you and God to chit chat and talk and see what's going on. They were trying to bring the sin of the land into the house of God. And you can't do that. Get rid of that stuff. This, there's a whole lot. I wish I, I wish I had a panel and we could sit and we could talk about this. A whole lot going on in this scripture. I might have to call some of my brothers to help me pull some more of this uh, stuff out of this scripture. Well, no, the last part I want to I want, uh look at here and we didn't read this particular verse but if you jump down to verse 32 it says bring me king agag samuel's talking he says bring me to king bring me bring me king agag of amalek 
Agag came to him trembling, so he was scared. Surely the bitterness of death is past, Agag said. So basically he said, look, you know, surely y'all not, you know, the bitterness of death is past. We're good, right? We're good. Hey, we're good. And Samuel says, as the sword made women childless, so your mother will be made childless among women. And Samuel cut Agag into pieces in the presence of the Lord at Gilgal. Samuel did what Saul was supposed to do. Don't have somebody else come into your life and do what you are supposed to do because of your disobedience. So if you, the blessing in disobedience is that you're going to be able to operate in the things that God says that you will operate in. The blessing of diso- the blessings in obedience, I'm sorry, is that you will be able to operate in things that God sets you're going to operate in. The blessing in obedience is that you will not have to walk around in a place of exile for the rest of your life. The blessing in obedience is that you will not have to witness someone else doing what God has instructed you to do. That's, that's, that's heavy and that's deep. And it's hard to talk about, but your disobedience, my disobedience, our disobedience, brother, will put us in a place where we are going to miss the best that God has for us. Really, that's what it comes down to. When we are disobedient, we miss the best that God has for us. And here it is, here's, here's, here's the last thing. Because he was disobedient, Samuel, the prophet, the covering, the representation of God, went to Ramah and Saul went home, verse 35. Samuel did not see Saul again before he died. Disobedience will put you in a place where the covering, the protection will leave. Yeah, that, 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 that pause there was on purpose. It'll leave. Your covering, your protection, your shield, your buckler will leave. And let me say this because this is what I hear the Holy Spirit saying. I am not, this is the Holy Spirit speaking, not seen. I am not going to stay in a place of disobedience. Now, some, some, some versions talk about uh, witchcraft. And this one said, uh, God's word translation says black magic, but we won't go into all of that. In verse 23, we won't go into all of that. Um, but just know that y- you cannot, you got to stay, you got to be, ob- we got to be obedient. We got to be obedient. Okay, so pastor, how can I be obedient? You got to have a relationship with God and you got to talk to him. And I think through this whole thing, this is really what I was trying to get at. You got to stay in a place where you talk to God on a regular basis. You have to. 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 You cannot go through your life not having conversation with God. 
Stop. Okay, get it. Yeah, I get it. Okay, let me say it the way they say it in the Bible so we can be more spiritual. Prayer. But see, I don't want, when, when I was young and I denoted prayer, it said to me that I was in a church or in a quote unquote sacred place and I was on my knees and I was tuned up. Tuned up, for those of you who don't know, is when you, like in the black church, I'm a black guy in the black church. Oh yes, Jesus, oh Lord. That was prayer. That was, the pr- that was prayer and that was the only way to pray. That was my mindset when I was a kid. But now that I'm an adult, I understand that prayer is conversation and all I need to do is talk to him. Hey, God, I'm in a situation here. I need I need some direction. Hey, God, my marriage is jacked up. I need some help. Hey, God, I got this son and I don't know what's going on. I got this daughter and I, I can't get through to him and they're doing stupid stuff. Uh, can you give me some advice? Can, can you talk to them? Can you show me ways that I can connect with them again? Now, when I'm in a hard place, I don't have time. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, come in and touch my babies. Hold on. No, I'm in a hard place and I need a decision right now. I need, hey, God, this is this is a, an immediate thing. I need some help. Help. Conversation. You got to have conversations with God. I'm at 30 minutes. I feel like I don't have enough time to say the stuff that I want to say. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. I'm not going to I'm not I'm going to not going to belabor the point, but you get it. You got to be obedient. There are blessings in obedience. You get to do what God called you to do. You remain covered when you are in when you're obedience when you're walking in obedience you don't have to ever see anybody do what you were called to do because you are obedient there's a blessing in obedience let's pray father in the name of jesus we honor you today and we magnify you and we glorify you. you are a great god and there is nobody like you in all of the earth you are great and you are greatly to be praised you are beautiful you are holy god you are wonderful and we want to say thank you now god for these brothers who are listening today on this uh, podcast and our families who are listening with us on this podcast god i pray in the name of jesus that you would cover us, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would keep us, God. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would help us to have a real, organic relationship with you, not one that is based on fluff and based on uh, somebody's outside perception of what it should be, God, but, God, a relationship that is based on trust and believing, God, what you said you'll do for us, that you will do help us to walk in a place of obedience all the days of our lives God we some of us struggle with it I'll be honest I struggle with it God I struggle with it and you know that you know me and you know when I'm sitting in the car and crying and begging you to forgive me and you do 
and then I go back and do the same thing again, but you forgive me again. And so God, I just want to get out of a cycle of stupidness. Oh God, help me to get out of my own cycle of stupidness. So Father, I thank you for being a God of a second chance and a God of another chance. I thank you, God, for being a God of grace who gives grace to those who need it the most. I thank you for being a loving God, a kind God. Your mercy endures. Your mercy endures forever. And for this, God, we say thank you today for your mercy. Hallelujah. For your kindness. Hallelujah. For your glory. Hallelujah. We thank you and we praise you. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, the Christ, we pray. And everybody shouted, amen, amen, and amen. All right, brothers, this has been my pleasure being with you on today, talking about the blessing and obedience. I hope that if you take part one and part two and smash them together, uh, it will get you some, you'll get something out of this. Um, You got to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Be obedient. Be obedient to God. I'm working on something now that is, I believe is going to help our relationships, uh, brothers. So I'm working on that as I'm doing the weekly podcast. I'm building something in my little notebook here. And so hopefully uh, we'll have that. We'll be able to share that with you all shortly um, within the next uh, uh, three months or so. Um, all right. So let's go. Let's 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 get out of here. Um Number one, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, give your life to Jesus today. Listen, Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. Confession and belief. That's what it takes. It doesn't take speaking in tongues, running, running around the floor, all the stuff that they uh, associated salvation with when I was growing up. None of that. Okay. Um, secondly, if you have not shared this podcast with your friends, share it with your families, share it with your enemies, share it on your uh, social media pages. Shout me out on Instagram, on TikTok. Uh, what else I'm on? Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, shout me out. And of course, go over to the uh, Morning Meditation for Men dot com page and leave me a note. I would really love that. Over, over, over there. All right, y'all. Uh, this is Pastor Esther every month. Thank you so much for being with me on this morning for morning meditation for men. I'm out of here. Peace.